0: Welcome back to Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger of J. Rieger & Co., joined as always by my wonderful buddy, Matt Basinger of SwellSpark. Aw, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Today's episode is brought to you by m Bank, member FDIC, a bank who thinks a little differently. They call it the m way. We, as always, are in the Let It Fly Media studios, and today's guest is Russ Meinhardt, the CEO of Old World Spice. Russ, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate
2: it. All right. So, Russ, when you were a kid, were you like, I want to sell spices? Is that how this all started? No, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> okay. So how do, you, how do you go from astronaut to old world spice? And you've been with the company forever, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So- can,
0: can I just say, everyone's listening to this, but if I were to look at you and you held up two titles, either this guy is a CEO of a spice company or he's an astronaut, I might pick the astronaut. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, the CEO role didn't, uh, wasn't my first love, but, uh, you know, reality of paying bills and, and uh, earning an income uh, eventually uh, put, me in this, put me in this path.
2: Mm-hmm. So I, remember, I was a high school guidance counselor. There was this crazy statistic, statistic that the average person uh, of my age is going to go through 40 different jobs from the time they enter the workforce <laughs> until they graduate. Graduate till they exit, till they retire. Um, but you have been with Old World for nearly 28 years now, and so maybe just walk through how you got started in the company, how you've worked your way up, what that's looked like over the past, and uh, what Old World does. So I'll so we'll start
1: with you know. I'll start with what we do today. We're a seasoning blender for some of the best known brands uh, across the country. Uh, we're doing business with some of the largest retailers, and and uh, it's a it's a name that you're not going to see in front of everybody but it's the kind of the, the business behind some of the you know well-known brands and, and retailers across the uh, across the country so how i got started it's family run business i got involved through my wife uh, with our founder and my father-in-law and it just it just started happening you know i was driven you know i was a hard worker um and we enjoyed a lot of great relationships over the years that grew and um i grew along with it i just kind of had to figure out stuff along the way whether it was how to work computers or how to build equipment or how to sell more spice it was just you know a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and um, a lot of great team members along the way as well
0: so, so sort of walk through the process are you guys a processor of spices you buy them from the growers directly and then you turn them into the way that when we see them on a store shelf the, what the usable format is, how does it really work with
1: you guys? We'll call it the, we're the middle guy. So we're the guys that are going to take the raw spices. We're going to turn them into some really great flavors with some, you know, uh, unique applications, some, some great packaging that goes along the way, some marketing. Um, Give us some s- examples
0: as we're talking here that, guests will be able to, or the listeners will be able to relate to.
1: So we're taking, uh, black pepper and salt and paprika, and we're turning them into barbecue rubs that you'll, uh, you know, you'll enjoy at Jack stack or Joe's or Q 39, you know, some of those types of places. And, um, so we're just kind of the facilitator, you know, really great restaurant operators. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they understand what the flavor profile that they want to have. And we're, we're trying to get them to that point. So
2: you are the reason that Kansas City barbecue is so good.
1: Is that what I'm? That's what I'm hearing you say today. So, we're just a facilitator. We're sure. helping them along the way.
2: So is this type of thing where a restaurateur comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to make a new barbecue spice. Can you help me formulate a, a way to do that? Is that kind of your role?
1: We, or? we usually get involved once they get to a certain scale, okay. and there's like, "Hey, I can't. I can't make enough of this in my garage, or I can't make enough of this in, in the back of my kitchen. I need to. Uh, I need to kind of grow up." Mm-hmm. And, and have somebody professional doing this for me.
0: So yeah. then, uh, you know, going on that line, what percentage would you say of your business is that more custom flavor route compared to just standard flavors that are just off the shelf? We're, it, we're
1: 100% custom. I mean, it's, it's like literally what did we make today that's something new? or an offshoot of something that, that we've done previously.
0: So it's not let me buy red pepper flakes from nope. you. It's nope. I would like a little bit of red pepper in my paprika with salt,
1: Himalayan and... pink Himalayan pink salt, <laughs> you know, just uh, sea salts. It's just there's so many variations to it and that's where we really come in. What's your most used botanical that you guys actually process and play with? Garlic.
0: Really? Yeah. And how do you guys actually, like what do you receive it in and then what do you turn it into to be a usable format? I think that would help everybody
1: understand. We receive it. It's, it's in a powdered form. And okay, then sure. we're, like, we're am, adding right? it to whether it's paprika and salt and, and other ingredients, um, some unique things. We're playing with activated charcoal to make, uh, mm. they call them you know, kind of black rubs and yeah. stuff like that.
2: We could have a million questions about this. I'm not going to ask all of them, oh, but I like them. Uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get there at factoring. some point.
1: Right. Um,
2: but how, how is business? I mean, the last couple of years have been, I would say a bit of a, a, banner season for you guys. Like what are some of the transitions you're going through? What are, what are some of the things you're working on?
1: Yeah, we're, we're growing tremendously. Um, you know, unfortunately COVID has been a really boon to our business as a lot of, uh, food businesses have been. Um, and we're just trying to keep up, we're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's the next uh, iteration, where's our next step growth need to be, whether it's facilities, people, uh, processes, and we're just, we're just trying to keep up with it.
2: Yeah, you say we, how many folks are on your team, um, either at a corporate level and then as far as uh, all the things that you do?
1: Yeah, so we've got over 100 employees today, um, 20 or so are in our Overland Park corporate office along with our R&D facility. Uh, 85 or so in our uh, Concordia, Missouri location, about 50 miles east of Kansas City. okay. And uh, that's where we do all the manufacturing, quality, uh, admin down there.
0: How do you fill –
1: this is just a personal question. How do you fill
0: the bottles with dry powder? I deal with liquid in our industry, and it's very easy and understood. I've just always wondered how non-liquid – Automation.
1: Automation. And
0: so is it done by weight? Is it fill like a void, and then that void drops down, and it's the perfect
1: amount – so it's essentially um, uh, it's weight is ultimately what we're coming up with, but the the equipment is you know augers and um, and, and filling those voids in, in in bottles. So
2: what gets you excited about your job? Like, do you really love the food industry? Do you really love the business part of the things? Do you love the growth side? Do you just are, – are you one of those super tasters who can, like, tell me if there's three milligrams of garlic compared to two? Like,
1: <laughs> So I'm a mix of, of kind of all the things from the business standpoint. And that was one of the things as I was coming up through college. It was just like I wasn't necessarily the finance guy. I wasn't necessarily accounting. Didn't love marketing. So I'm a mix of all of those. So what really gets me going is, is being involved in all the phases of the business, uh, really try driving growth. Um, you know, I get up every day. I am like, how are we growing this business today, tomorrow, next week, in the next five years, and uh, why I love the food business is it's always changing. Consumers' tastes are always changing. They're always looking for something new, bolder, new flavors, and so that's exciting to always mm-hmm. kind of be chasing the next thing uh, in the food world and, yeah. and kind of flavors so
2: i I get to do just a little bit with coffee in another another part of my life, right so are you going to like other parts of the country to try these new bizarro flavors? I there? let other people do that okay. other, <laughs> the, I let other people yeah. that enjoy
1: the the travel and the aspects of of uh, being in fields with farmers and gatherers and foragers yeah. for for those products sure yeah.
2: so as far as what this you said you're I mean really it sounds like what gets you going is is growing this company right growing new development, creating new things, making your current business better. Like from more of a nuts and bolts standpoint, what is how are you trying to grow the
1: company specifically? We are looking to acquire businesses that were very similar to where we were a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out how to grow. Uh, they have restraints from you know people standpoint. They have restraints from capital availability standpoint. And so we're in a position now that we can over help folks overcome that. Add in our expertise, whether it's operationally, development, manufacturing, and uh, help them grow and realize the the same thing that, that we're realizing right now.
0: So that's a very much horizontal integration with call them competitors, but just different segments of the industry doing sort of the same thing or trying to do sort of the same thing. What about the vertical integration side of going from talking about garlic powder that you buy instead making your own garlic powder? Are, have you guys considered those types of integrations?'re
1: we're, we're looking at a couple steps underneath and, and above where we're at from a vertical integration. I don't know that we'll ever be you know from point A to point B, you know being the the farmers that are you know controlling the land and controlling what we're um, what we're planting or or uh, gathering from the from that land. Uh, but we may be one or two steps removed from where we're at currently. Uh, it seems to make sense strategically that uh, we can um, harvest some uh, opportunities out of that.
2: So you, Good word. You, you talked about we had we had uh, Ricky from Jack Stack on the show a while back, and if you've not listened to that episode, you certainly should. But when you work with a group like a Jack Stack or like a barbecue place and you help them uh, retool or redevelop or just develop like a rub or something like that, like do they own it? do you own it? Do you manufacture it for them once you develop it? Um, what does that relationship normally look like?
1: yeah, we like to to be involved in the development side of that, help them realize where where they want to go with it, and then um, you know then do the manufacturing that's that's really where you know we operationally and, and we bring all of our uh, capabilities to the table is in the manufacturing and in the development side uh, of the business. Yeah. Once you develop something like
2: hypothetically, could a group go and take that to somebody else or is that? Yeah. And that's
1: where, you know, uh, there's tr- a trust factor okay. that goes into this. I mean, we can have all the legal documents that we want, but you know, we, we have to build that trust with the customers yep. and we can only do that by our actions Sure. and, and that you know, a Jack Stack formula isn't going to make its way to something else.
0: Yep. So, ownership currently today of the company, what does that look like?
1: Uh, private equity back sponsor, and um, I'm a I'm a investor in it. I've got my teams are all investors in it as well. It's mm, great, and um, so we're all on the same page. So, what what
0: was that process like? A lot of our listeners are big into the finance side. You know, what is it like going from it's your business to it's someone else's business that the reason why they bought it is because of you. And they like what you're doing, and they think you can continue to accelerate in a really good, positive direction. So what's sort of that changeover been like from no private equity firm to private equity firm?
1: For me, for the, the partner that we found with Shore Capital, it, it's been a great transition for us. I mean, literally, the, what has changed is... Nothing. There's a little bit more uh, on my shoulders from reporting and information and and communication standpoint. But essentially, I was doing that with the previous ownerships. It's now. It's just uh, there's a few more people in the chain of command that I need to communicate with.
2: What's the big goal for Old World Spice? Let's call it 2027, 2026, right? Five years from now. Like, how do you got? How are you all different? then than you are right this minute.
1: We're a much larger organization. We're probably, you know, right now we're two facilities. We'll probably be in about five to seven facilities okay. across the country. Uh, much larger organization, you know, hopefully to be, you know, kind of 5X from where we're at today. Wow. So a lot more people, uh, a lot more capabilities, um, you know, hoping to be, you know, even um, more uh, known from a brand standpoint as well.
2: Yeah. Is it beneficial for you, like are, when you're looking at acquisition, um targets are you looking at folks primarily in the midwest and kansas City region are you looking across the country are there benefits to one or the other
1: yeah so we're looking across the country um we like the regional you know expansion mm-hmm. uh, opportunities that acquisitions provides us and um and, and so our uh, we're we're trying to assess how big the universe is for us from an acquisition standpoint right now sure that's awesome go for
2: it. No, you were you were you were leaning in. Yeah, sorry. Uh
0: so so thinking about then the
2: growth and the finance
0: of it, is that something that with a private equity partner now they either say to you, we already have commercial banking relationships. That's how we're going to grow. They say, when we are going to do these acquisitions, we are planning on a certain amount of additional capital being put in. We are going to require management who has an equity stake to put in a little bit of capital as well to show that you actually think that this is the right acquisition target and the right direction to take the company. What's that progress or process, excuse me, like?
1: So uh, there's a playbook. And it's, it's it, all the things that you talked about. It's the, the finance, how do you pay for those acquisitions, whether it's through debt, equity, rollover from management and uh, ownership from, from previous groups. Uh, the banking relationships are solid. So that, that was one of the things that they brought to the table as we are looking for the right fit partner was like, hey, we've got banking, we've got the financing. So those conversations are relatively short. We still have them. And how do we think, think through those uh, as we're talking about acquisitions?
2: I think one of my last questions, probably. So, if if there is a restaurant tour, if there's a group, and they're saying, "Hey, we, we do want to, we can't make it in our garage anymore," is there a size that that company needs to be in order for you to entertain working with them, or um, are they, like, what's what's your ideal customer from that standpoint?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's the customer that's looking to grow, and uh, they need our capabilities. You know, we we want to be a good partner, and when. People rely on the things that we do really well, as far as development and that manufacturing process. Those are where we find really good, long-standing relationships with with folks. Is when uh, they've, you know, have, you know, maybe they've they've got somebody who's doing it for them, but they're just not able to grow with them. And those that's where we really kind of come in because we can start small and really grow uh, the. the Potential for growth is unlimited. That's awesome.
2: Well, hey, the purpose of this podcast is to be brief. So we need to do that. So I need to wrap up. But completely <laughs> aside from business altogether, my curiosity, I ask it every time, what is the best thing that you've done? What's your favorite experience? You cannot say getting married. You cannot say having kids. Everything else is fair game.
1: Um, you know, just being part of this experience of uh, growing a company and, and seeing the, where we started, And where we're at today and the hopes of where we're going to take it next um, is, as I probably would look back on my life, that's probably going to be, you know, beyond getting married and beyond having kids is probably the legacy that I leave.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Russ, thank you so much for sharing time with us on behalf of Emprise Bank uh, and Let It Fly Media. um, We wish you continued success in the 28th year of your tenure with Old World Spice. (laughs) And and hopefully it's the best one yet.
1: Well, I appreciate having me. Thanks. Uh, Thanks again.